Hi, and welcome to Classical Stuff You Should Know, a podcast about classical stuff that you should know. My name is Graham Donaldson, and I am a podcaster oh my God. Whoa. with my friends, wow, AJ Hannenberg. I'm also a podcaster. And Thomas Megby. I guess I'm a podcaster. I mean, we're mid-30-year-old men. Of course we're podcasters. We're having a conversation. It might be a podcast. <laughs> um, and... Um, Maybe told me what the topic was today, and first I got really mad. Uh-huh. Um, and then I got really jealous that I didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. And then as he just started to describe what we were going to do, I was like, oh, man, I don't want to do any of that. Maybe. <laughs> and now here we are. Just we're take it away. Great. It's compelling stuff, Graham. <laughs> Great no, you told, for the record, maybe you said we're talking about wrath, envy, and sloth. Yes. And so I was trying to... I do I love tr- that. I believe all of our intros require you having to have listened to the entire episode to understand the joke being made at the beginning. So I hope people just have these on loop constantly. It's our shtick. It, yep. Yep. We got to be consistent with that brand, guys. It's, That's how uh, I explain all of my flaws. <laughs> ah, it's just my shtick. Yeah, seriously. No, no. It's like we're... Um, uh, it's like that movie um, where they go back in time. What's back, that movie that Hanberg made me watch? Yeah. Primer? Yeah. Because we're like that. It's like you can only understand the end. and You can only understand the beginning once you get to the end. You want to go back. And, that was profound. Oh, so good. You guys I, should watch that movie. It's great. I also told one of my students that um, every episode of our podcast, there is one word that we say <laughs> that doesn't seem to fit with the sentence that we're saying. And if they go back and listen to all 160 episodes and p- take that word and put it together, there was a really gnarly sentence. Have we said the word yet? No, I mean, I, I just wanted them to go back and Did listen they to all the. You? I hope they didn't. Uh, I think so for a little bit, and that's what <laughs> I wanted them to go back and listen to all 100 and some episodes to see if they would we stitch have some something together. Who've done it, so many thanks to all word. of you. Okay, I am talking about Dante's Purgatory today. So, in uh, Graham just made a very funny joke about how we'll be talking about envy, wrath, and sloth today. So those are the um, circles of purgatory that we will be covering. Um, uh, snarky snarky responses is not one of the circles we're covering. I apologize. Well, if you had, we're talking about Dodge's purgatory on your bingo card. Drink. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, no. As what you're taking a uh, drink. Read or something. Yeah. Uh, garden or... Uh, go pray. I don't know. Okay. Uh, so... Drink... Uh, what would you like us to drink? I'm drinking coffee. You are drinking coffee. It's a red cup. We can't really tell what's inside of it. Okay, so I this this isn't our first time talking about Dante's Purgatory. We had one introductory episode pre-COVID. We had two PC P oh pre-COVID. I thought mm-hmm. you meant politically correct, which I guess it was. I don't know. Uh, then we had two episodes during COVID, which introduced us. Well, I think got us to the gates of Purgatory, or one was the gates of Purgatory, and the next was the first circle, uh, which was for the prideful. And then now this is our fourth podcast. Probably. Did you have we ever a- answered why Cato's there? Oh, because he made it. We did in the episode. Did we? Yeah, he he makes a sacrifice that Dante sees as prefiguring Christ. Mm. So if you have no idea what we're talking about, go listen to our other uh, Purgatory episodes. Because he it, takes it for the Republic. Yes. So when Caesar is coming to uh, take the city or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what's happening. There are different tellings of the story, but the way. Dante interprets it as that Cato makes a sacrifice for the people below him. He sacrifices his life hmm. that others would be saved. He sees this as a prefiguring of the Christ event. I so feel like that doesn't happen anymore. People making sacrifices? No, just like oh. like Cato taking it on the chin to like for the Republic. Yeah, maybe. Is that yeah. the troops? Yeah, I guess. No, I guess there's no, I, I understand. But, but like I'm thinking about like somebody who mean. was in the Senate, right? Yeah. Like our Senate, whatever. We're going to get into it. 
So um, speaking of the Senate, um, where have we been like, so far in Dante's purgatory? What do you all remember about this giant book? Um, it's a mountain. It is a mountain. Wasn't so. there a lagoon? Yeah, kind of. So yeah, purgatory is the mountain that is made when Satan hits the earth. It makes a little hole. It makes a big hole. That hole is the inferno. The land that comes out the other side is the purgatory, Mount Purgatory, which is where we are. The first... So it's like Hell's Divot? Is that it? Yeah, sure. That'd be a Mm -hmm. great name for an album. Um, So... um, Golf metal. Yeah. Ooh, I'm all about that golf metal. That's, uh, yeah. Um, I have a friend from high school who started a band, and um, their tagline was music you can rock your grandma to. I will always remember that. So anyway, that's kind of the same. Anyway, okay, so... We had an anti, yeah, the uh, whatever. It was just a very strange tagline. Um, so the uh, we start the book coming out of hell. That's where Dante was in part the first. Um, he you know sees Satan and comes out the other side, and there is Mount Purgatory. We spend a bunch of time in the anti purgatory or anti. It's the not not whatever. It's like the, the foyer. Yes, the foyer of, of <laughs> purgatory, uh, which is not super cheerful. You can go back and listen to previous episodes, but. Um, the whole point here is that people are being purged of sins before they go to heaven. Uh, maybe to use more, I think this is a more modern way to talk about it. Everyone in purgatory is saved. Everyone in purgatory is going to heaven, but before they can go to heaven, there are sins that need to be corrected, um, either atoned for or really more removed from the person before they are prepared to enter into heaven is probably the best way to put that. That was the sound of a thousand Protestants stopping the episode. <laughs> and just to say, we're just describing Dante's uh, views. You all did say in the first episode that you all were open to there being an actual purgatory. I, so. I, I, I think I am. I don't remember this. You take it back. It's literally, we, we do a podcast. It's literally recorded. So go figure that one I out. I still think I am. I know, right, I know, like, I don't know. You'll make a great Catholic one day. <laughs> I don't know. You were Anglican growing up. Like Russell Moore will come after me or something. But <laughs> I would love if Russell Moore listened to this. Would you give us a shout out? Okay, so... Or Albert know, Moeller. You think he listens to this? I doubt, I doubt that he listens to this. He's He does the podcast every day. He's more serious than we are. Okay, so uh, we, in the course of like, you know, three episodes, we covered a very small portion of the book. I'm going to try and cover roughly a comparable number of can cantos canti depending if you're italian or english as have been covered in three episodes so we'll see how much i fail as we uh, canti that's the prego chianti no no uh, we're not talking about wine no ah, all right great thanks spaghetti okay. <laughs> we're, we're coming off saying, the rails right now it, this, this happens every Sorry. one of our episodes so um we um wrapped up uh you know the episode a few months ago for the circle of the proud the proud are people um uh, the proud we're proud it's you know really circular they their punishment is that in purgatory they have um, heavy weights on their back they're forced to look down on the ground on the ground in front of them are stories of examples of people who were humble so they were reminded of humility for the however many you know thousands i don't know dozens of years they're forced to be in that level of purgatory as a reminder of ways to be humble now so, the punishment is designed to undo the sin right yes. so the punishment is not without well i guess in the inferno, you would say that the punishment has meaning because it is related to the the besetting sin of that person. So they're you know they're related. But it is meant purely to punish. In whereas hell. in hell, yes. Whereas in the purgatory, it is meant to correct. Yes, that is correct. Mm. So there there is meaning to the punishment. Mm-hmm. It is not, and this is again a temporary state for these people. Yeah, because there's an out. You can get out of it. Yes, by learning the lesson. They mm-hmm. will. They are guaranteed to get out of it one day. Um, one of the, one of the, on 
pre purgatory circles is one for like the it's like the slothful but it's a different kind of sloth but they're just like um meandering in this one zone but they w- they are guaranteed to one day enter mount purgatory it's just on them for when they actually get there so um yeah so everyone who's here will eventually ascend this mountain and then at the top of the mountain is where we get the transition to heaven. i wonder if the prideful circle is really tough because when you finally beat it you're like oh yes i <laughs> beat awesome. those fools and then, then you're then back you like oh yeah, flip okay. you'll register goes ding 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 10 years 20 years 30 years like, oh, crap. <laughs> Dang it. then you like get plucked in the back of the line and oh, then, then your wrath one goes up yeah, too yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you slide. i wonder if there's like just slip and slides down the mountain when you feel good about yourself as you make your way up uh, you know, Dante doesn't talk about that, but you have to read between the lines on that <laughs> one. Okay, so uh, coming out of uh, the Circle of the Prideful, we enter into the Circle of the Envious. We are in Canto 13 for the none of you following along at Thomas, home. Thomas, is there a ranking <laughs> the to these things? The, yeah, no, sorry, does what? any, does, 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 do these circles mean like are one? <laughs> are they worse than others? There you go. Um, worse is we will get to the structure of purgatory. Uh, I mean, (laughs) I'm planning for it for this episode, but probably three episodes from now we'll get to it. But the structure of purgatory is a thing that Virgil will cover literally halfway through the book. So instead of Dante putting this in a place that is reasonable, it is covered in Canto 17, which is the middle. All all the books are, well, Inferno is 34 cantos, correct? Because there's the one at the beginning and then 33 Mm -hmm. in hell. Then the other two books are 33 cantos. Uh, So in the middlest canto 17 we get the structure of purgatory which we will never get to so canto 13 we exit the circle of the proud we get to the circle of the envious when you all hear the word envy what is the word that what what does that mean what is what is envy it's uh are you trying not to talk what are you doing yeah i'm trying to talk i don't want to i was interrupting uh, i'm asking for your input (laughs) (laughs) there's no winning you're always doing the wrong thing um Okay, so I think with uh, <laughs> envy, yeah, coveting what someone else has, wanting wanting what they have, desiring their thing for, to be your thing, and I think there's an added sh- connotation of damage to that person. I don't want to just have it. Also, I want them to not have it, and yes. me to medic desire. Wow. I, I want to win between the two of us. If he's got a Ferrari, I want the Ferrari, and I want him to have my Volvo. That's exactly right. So it's not, it, there is the side of it of wanting a thing, but it's more than that. It's uh, not only wanting the thing, but someone else to not have the thing, right? There's a, there's a punishment element. I, I thought about Rene Girard a lot through this section. So I, I hope your episodes, Graham, have been very, um, they, they've rebounded around my mind quite a bit. So all these definitions are great. We have um, said elsewhere that Dante is uh, Thomas Aquinas put to verse. So to quote Aquinas on the matter, envy is sorrow for another's good. Envy is sorrow for another's <laughs> good. Um, in this section, Dante will meet someone who, so it's not, you know, she wasn't envious of a thing that someone got. She was happy that a relative of hers was killed in combat. She didn't like this guy. She sees him get killed. She feels like happy that that happened. <laughs> oh, and that rough. condemns her to, yeah, right. And, and then that, well, not condemns is the wrong word, but that is the reason that she is in purgatory. Um, she, um, I guess that was joy at another's misfortune. It's like the inverse of the definition we just read. Hmm. Is that like Schauschenfreude? Schauschenfreude, yeah. Schauschenfreude, like, uh, is that the same thing? Making me feel pleasure at your pain. Isn't that the, that's the line yeah. from Avenue Q? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Which I've definitely never listened to. Okay, so the those who are in um, uh, 
You all keep using this phrase of that is so metal. So I'm going to read a thing and I would like you to tell me if that is so metal. Are you prepared? No, oh, hey, can you hand me is there a, can you hand me the bell and yeah. I'll ring the bell if it's metal? Wait, hold on, it's one pretty uh I mean the the metallic scale is pretty uh um rigid. If I had an electric guitar I'd be doing that instead of ringing this bell, but yeah. alas. But since you were unprepared for today's <laughs> session, I will I don't know if that bell's all that metal. I just well, it's made of metal, okay. so it's okay, metal here we go. objectively. I'm ready. Okay, hold uh so a thing you might be wondering is what is the punishment or what is the um, consequence for those who are um, envious in life? What, what happens to them? And as the sunshine never benefits the vision orphaned, so the light of heaven withheld its bounty from the spirits here, whose eyelids were all sutured through and sewn shut with an iron wire as hunters seal the wild hawk's eye to train him to be tame and rest unruffled. Is that that's metal? Yeah, it's like eyes sewn, eyes sewn shut. shut. That's been on the cover of metal albums. That's pretty intense, right? That is intense. Okay, thanks. But I'm just thinking like they would sew the eyes of no, they would just put little hoods on them, on the falcons. Uh, Apparently, this says whose eyelids were all sutured through and shown and sewn shut with an iron wire as oh, as hunters steal the wild hawk's eye. That's what it says. Oh man, Um, a falconer would sew them shut until the hawk learned to take food at his hands alone. So Jeez. apparently that's a thing. Yikes. So anyway, so they are, um, their eyes are sewn shut. So they were people who would um, look out and um, either desire something of someone or desire uh, harm done to them. Um, so, so they no are more not, looking for you. They, yes, exactly. Uh, for as long as they're in this level, they also are, um, they're wearing um, in humble horse, horse hair. They were covered all propped back to back to bear each other up while everyone was propped against the wall. So they don't get to wear fancy clothes. They don't even really get to stand on their own. They're dependent on everyone around them mm. and the wall that's right next to them. So it's all a bummer. So instead of wanting their own good at the expense of others, they want the good of everyone else because it means they're good too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Cause they're all wailing out for each other. Uh, they'll say elsewhere that they also spend essentially all this time crying, um, uh, to my left were shades absorbed in prayer whose cheeks were glistening with the tears they pressed through the horrible seams and there is more that goes on. So they, hmm. it's a time, yeah, um, of repentance, right? They are, um, yes, in sorrow, but they also have to experience the inability to um, be envious. Thomas, yes. is there any scene in any of these cantos where a soul has done, has finished, and an angel comes down and is like, good job. You're done. Come on up. We haven't seen that yet. I actually don't know if that will be. I don't know if that will come up later. Okay. Um, so that's a good question. Something to keep in mind. We do. We see Dante uh, traversing yeah, between each of because Dante levels. goes up. And there's a. We'll get to. The, I guess we're. I didn't find that. I don't know people at home that, um, who love the purgatory. I didn't see a lot that was awesome about the section on envy. Um, so I'm going to move pretty quickly into the wrathful section, but in the wrathful section, there's this like acknowledgement of this is as far as the punishment zone is. Here are the steps that lead to the next. Gotcha. So like everyone who's there knows what the next step is, hmm. but um, are, the, are are you talking about movement between levels or escaping purgatory? I'm just wondering when you learn either, your lesson, right? right? Like when are you all cried out? When do you learn the lesson that you need other people and you shouldn't be so envious? Yeah. When have you, when is your soul perched? Uh, we haven't seen it yet. If we do, I'll make sure to cool. bring it up. Um, Cause there, you know, seeing that these are souls that are still in process, you get these moments of like, they're not perfect yet. And so the person I talked about before is named um, Sapia. She has this great moment at the beginning where Dante's asking who here is from Italy. And she gives this like really pious response of, 
what you mean to say is which of these sojourners once traveled in Italy because they're not citizens of mm-hmm. Italy anymore. Very pious. So this is like really pious, like awesome response. But then later tries to like get a dig in at Dante for his family not being very <laughs> like high up in the social mm-hmm. hierarchy. So she has not quite learned the yeah. lesson yet. But like there are yeah. parts of it where it's like, oh yeah, she's like, you know. She's getting there. She's getting there. But then you hear the other part and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. she's not. She's a bit of a toot still. Yeah, but she's not in heaven yet. And that's, you know, when, when people say, a thing people say is that, you know, the Paradiso is really boring. I wonder if it's because they're, I don't know. They're all giving the right answers the entire time. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't read the Paradiso. I, I think I remember, I hope I'm not stepping on your toes, okay. but I think when a, a soul leaves the mountain of purgatory to go to heaven, it's like a cannon fire. It goes <laughs> and like reverberates over the whole mountain. It's like a shot fired cool. into the sky. That's cool. I think I remember that. We'll get there at the end of this one, I guess, because mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of Purgatory, we'll meet Beatrice, which is cool. That'll be the first time she's brought in. Um, and I know there's there. So, yes, we get through the the levels of seven levels of Purgatory, but there's also like a an, um, an earthly paradise at the top. I think that I think that the Garden of Eden is sitting at the top, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. But we'll get there in many moons. We shall get there. OK, so that is the section on Envy. There's more I could read, but I'm not going to because um, I don't really want to. <laughs> Okay, so um, <laughs> I'm not going to do it because I won't. just don't feel like it. Um, a thing I did for the other episodes is to talk about how each sin has, um, you'll see this translated as either daughters of a sin or children of a sin. I'm probably just going to go ahead and call them children. Um, so envy, capital sins aren't necessarily sins in and of themselves. They are bad. Envy is obviously bad. But what makes it capital is that it gives birth to other sins. So a grouping of sins can be all called envy altogether. Um, so I will, this is also from Aquinas who again, Dante is pulling essentially all of this from, um, the daughters, um, assigned by Gregory, who we of course didn't actually get to, but was like an important character in, um, the pastoral theology in the classical tradition. He's like important in that. Sounds like a great guy. Yeah, I mean, in fact, when, at the point you get the name of the great uh, attached to the end, you've done something right. So the, the children of envy are hatred, tail-bearing, detraction, joy at our neighbor's misfortune, and grief for his prosperity. Tail-bearing? Uh, yeah, like gossip. Oh, um, I thought it was like, like you uh, got a little appendage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly, yeah. Um, no, T-A-L-E, bearing. <laughs> it was the Middle Ages. They had a lot yeah, of weird, weird time. Yeah, they just had some. Kids guys got, got a tail. Yeah, wow, like, totally envious. Like a thing that happens sometimes, right? Can't kids be born with tails or whatever? Anyway, no, yeah. it's not that kind of tail bearing. So I have a tail. You have, I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, cool. So that is Wait, it what? for <laughs> envy. We will <laughs> leave it at that. Okay, we move on then to the circle of the wrathful. When you hear wrath, what is wrath? What does that mean? Uh, I think of Achilles. You are sunk in anger so far that it rots the vessel. Ooh, I like that. It's just like seeing seeing red, where the reason has been almost usurped by either appetites or spirit. You've, yeah, you've um, you've abandoned some higher part of your the better angels of your nature, to steal a Lincoln phrase. No, I like that you're bringing this in. Um, so you'll some instead of seeing so it's bestial right yes like the reason we're saying wrath instead of anger is that anger can have a positive attribute to it right mm-hmm. uh, i appreciate you you all pulling on the thread of uh you know um wrath would put it uh, it's like a degrading in some way you have lost um you know if if reason is a thing that separates man from beast to throw out your reason over passion is to want to be more bestial mm-hmm. um so i think that's helpful you're pulling on that we're professionals you are professionals indeed <laughs> Um, 
Anger is uh, uh, a desire for vengeance is one quote from Aquinas on that. Um, and then just on this topic of whether anger is okay. Um, he that is angry without cause shall be in danger, but he that is angry with cause shall not be in danger. For without anger, teaching will be useless, judgment unstable, crimes unchecked. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? For without anger, teaching will be useless, judgments unstable, crimes unchecked. So anger has a, has a utility. Yes, it can. Um, and it can be overdone and overstated. I, I don't know if you all have known people who will call what they have a, a holy anger, even though it's really just, you know, vindictive. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a place for that feeling, but it is not, you know, we, we're not sitting around saying anger is what separates man from beast or anything like that. Well, last podcast, we were talking about the, the, um, the poetry of the old, or no, it was during the Q and a, uh, poetry of the old King James. Yes. And does, isn't God at some point in the old King James talked, isn't he talk about having the vengeance of a red right hand? Ooh. Isn't that in the old King James? That sounds right. So there's like the anger of sounds cool. the vengeance, not vengeance, but the, the holy anger. Yeah. Is that metal too? <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I make this a, a thing. I, we got to make that the heavy metal bell. I feel <laughs> like during the poetic edits, you would have just been like, oh, yeah. I would have had to time. hand off the responsibility to one of you guys. Someone else, yeah. Or you could just be, can I be the one who says when my episode is metal? That seems like a, a wonderful. Anyway. Okay. So uh, we move into the circle of the wrathful. So uh, these are people with, um, yeah, desire for vengeance is one of the of the names for that. Um, the this kind of has the lamest of the punishments that we've come across so far. So if we had the, you know, exceedingly uh, metal uh, punishment in the circle of the envious of having like their eyes knit together, which is crazy. Um, the wrath will have to like stand around in like a really heavy mist for a while. And uh, it's <laughs> That's kinda, it. It's kind of irritating. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> They're not like bit by something or like pricked no. by something. It's, it's like, like a fog, a, it's like yeah. a really thick fog. I wonder if it's, if the important thing there is the symbolism that they kind of lose sight of yeah. the reality. Yeah, like they're, they're, they're so cloud clouded over by anger. Still, also it's yeah. Mildly irritating. So like, I can't see my shoes. <laughs> can't tie my shoelaces. You can't but, fight the fog. You I, can't like lash out and like beat the crap out of the fog. I bumped into that guy a little earlier. It's yeah. really inconvenient. <laughs> really mad about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yep. There, and this is also where one of the, Go, uh, not ghosts, what are they called? Shades, I think they call them here. Acknowledges like the confined space where they're stuck in. So there's also that as part of the punishment. They can't go anywhere. They can't escape the fog, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But yeah, you know, compared to giant rocks on your back or having your eyes sewn shut, it's just kind of like, really? I think Dante's like running out of ideas at this point. He's like, I don't know. They No, he, he saw it. I'm so sorry. What I mean to say is that he wrote everything down as he saw it. Um, uh, yeah, they call it smoke, and they say more about that. Okay, so while he's here, he meets a fellow. Um, what? I just had the image of that Circle of Wrath being a uh, Dave Matthews Band Festival day. Uh-huh. Like, there's just a lot of smoke. It's all kind of foggy. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Crap! Um, so in this Circle of the Wrathful, Dante meets a fellow named Mark, and... Uh, I think Mark is a made up fellow. I do believe if I'm wrong, please write me lots of angry emails. Um, and they, you know, they're just having a pleasant chat and this will kind of lead us into a topic that we'll read a couple quotes from to kind of, I will read quotes, get responses, and then we'll continue on through. Cause this will kind of be our guiding, um, uh, image that's continued across three of these cantos. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll, I'll just read from here and then we can react and, and continue. Okay, so Dante is talking with Mark and he has the question of, um, 
that goes like this. But pray, Dante says, show me the cause of all the sin. He, uh, Dante is reflecting on the world and all the problems that are in it. Hmm. Um, uh, show me the cause of this of all the sin that I may see it and reveal it. For some blame the stars, some fortune here below. And then he, Mark, let out a deep sigh that sorrows wrung into a groan. My brother, he, again, Mark, began, the world is blind and it has been your home. You living men attribute to the sky the causes of all things as if they moved ever and only by necessity. That would destroy the freedom of your will. Nor, nor would it then be just to deal out joy for doing well or woe for doing ill. The heavens give your movements their first nudge, not all your movements, but let's grant that too. Still, light is given that you may freely judge and choose the good or evil. And should free will grow weary in the first battles with the stars, foster it well, and it will win the day. You men lie subject to that one who made you free, a greater force, a better nature, who formed your minds without the planet's aid. Thus, if this present world has gone askew, look to yourselves, in yourselves lies the cause. And hmm. he goes on from there. So the stars gave you a nudge, or the universe gives you a nudge, but in the end, you only got yourself to blame. No, I don't know. Yes, uh, we, I don't know if we ever covered this in the spheres when we talked about it way back in mm-hmm. the day, but even medieval church folks believed kind of in astrology that when a certain planet was in the sky, it was wielding certain influence over men. Like that's why we get our word lunatic, right? The moon brings you wandering of the mind. And so I think that's crazy interesting, especially because I, I literally just had a conversation with this uh, about this with another teacher and they're reading a book where it talked about the four, weirdly enough, the four, uh, what do they call those character attributes? Melancholy, Temperaments. The four temperaments. Mm-hmm. So I think there's another word for it. The four humors. humors. The four humors. Yeah. The you know melancholy, sanguine, that sort of thing. Phlegmatic. And the and book was like, another one. that's Choleric. that's the Choleric. way you're yeah. you're made. And really, the church needs all kinds. And the teacher was like, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't you supposed to like push against the humors? if you're wise and resist the influence of those humors. Oh, interesting. Like that's your natural bent, but wise men can break against it. And yes, this is proving is exactly yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that the universe sure. gives you a nudge, but yeah. you are responsible for your own actions. You like yes. in the end, you have no one but to blame, but your own will and you are beholden to God. And so yeah. if you are a sanguine person, figure it out. Yeah. Actually, sanguine's pretty good. Isn't uh, it? You can be over optimistic. There are mm. problems with all four. Gotcha. And we, you're prone to anger. We talked about this forever ago. I think the episode mm. was called, it was either the four. No, it was the Enneagram, one of our episodes. But the goal was a so in locating the humors as like literal parts of your body to say, I have an excess of, I think, blood for sanguine. Mm-hmm. Like you're actually supposed to get less blood. Do you know what I mean? Like blood is supposed to be taken out of you. And there's something to that of you're actually supposed to have that balance between all four of them. I would like to point out this podcast is not medical advice <laughs> in any way. <laughs> what? Uh, wait, all, all, all these leeches have been for nothing? <laughs> wait, hold on. Okay, so that's helpful. So what is, so Mark is trying to, Mark um, is trying to say that, you know, people want to blame someone else for the reasons that they do things. But in fact, um, there is a a free will. There is a choice in all things. Yes, we are pushed in certain ways by the chance of our birth, by um, our families, by our cities, by any of those things. But ultimately, we have um, a free will. We have a choice to do um, whatever we want, I guess is the way to put that. I I, I was just, I didn't plan this because I, you know, we fi- we figure out the topics when we come here. Does this intersect at all with our episode last week um, on Camus? Did anything come to mind when you were hearing that? That the that the world has nudged you a certain way, and just, uh, I, I, is this a response to what we talked, what we read through last week, or is it actually agree with it? Of 
doesn't that in the end you own it yeah yeah i i mean i don't see that this yeah i think this can just be another element of the conversation i don't know that it negates it or changes I don't think it, it negates terribly it. yeah i just wonder if um yeah i wonder how the conversation the great conversation well, connects I, between the don't two. you feel like most modern people would reject the idea of outside the, influences yeah yeah the, yes. the, there's influences of either oh. the spheres the planets no. You know, they, they, well, they then there's that. like there's there's the there woo- are astrologers. There are the yes. woo-woos who like yeah, are like. But I think our modern. I think the new form of this is um, genetics, or to say yes, genetic sure. uh, determinism. Mm-hmm. To say I am. Um, I was just listening to a who was it between? It was um, who's the Redeemer Presbyterian guy, Tim Keller, and I can't remember. He was deb- he was debating an atheist. Anyway, just to say her argument was all around. There is no free will. It's all an illusion. We're born a certain way. We're reacting automatically to everything. Um, I think that is not an uncommon opinion people hold. I agree. Maybe, But it, it wouldn't be the stars and the planets yeah, yeah. that they're It would be... It's been moved somewhere else. RNA right? and your... It's your chem- telophaser it's telomeres or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Chemicals in your body. Yes. And that determines um, everything about how I am. Your chlorophyll. You're, yep, that's how I eat is through uh, sunlight. It's really my favorite. Okay, um, so that's a Mark starts there. He uses an interesting um, metaphor, which I want to present to you all and get your all's thoughts. Okay, so he just had the celebration or, I don't know, acknowledgement of free will and how important it is. Now I shall scout the truth of this for you. Directly from him whose hand who cherished her before she came to be, the simple soul comes forth just like a little baby girl who cries and laughs and doesn't know a thing, save that, moved by her maker, by her joy, she willingly turns to all that makes her sing. Innocently, she tastes the savor of some lesser good, then chases it, deceived, unless some rain or guide directs the love. For the rain, it is needful we have law. For the guide, kings who might at least discern the towers of the true city from afar. And then he goes on from there. Um, he's using a, a, a metaphor of, um, it's a little girl, but a child, as the example of what it is for a soul to um, exist in this world. The soul is drawn toward different things by the force of love, um, by attraction to things that are in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, any any response or reaction to that? I, I, in thinking of like the nature of souls, I don't think innocent child is one that I think of very often. Maybe you do. I don't know. It reminds me of Wordsworth's um, Ode to in, in Ode to intimations of immortality where he has a poem saying that our souls are like little babies and as we grow older we kind of get we forget the he- we forget heaven where yep. we've come from we forget the sort of the joy that we that we come from we kind of get mired in the in the adult life and we get these little small glimpses of joy which is the romantic um sort of feeling mm. but um i feel similar to that but what was this part can you re- repeat the part about kings what was that about oh at the very end yeah um for so, uh, so, so uh, the soul sort of falls in love. Or the soul gets propelled baby, on by love. So it's a little baby girl, it and it needs to be corrected. Grows up a little bit and um, starts um, being attracted to things and going after them. For the rain, it is needful we have law. For the guide, kings who might at least discern the towers of the true city from afar, heaven. Right, uh, laws we have, but who puts them to the proof? Oh, um, and he goes on from there. He, so he will have a condemnation of kings in a second, um, but. What he's saying, so using the image of the soul as child Mm -hmm. is to say that that soul, the child, must grow up. Mm -hmm. But without fetters, the child will wander whichever direction it wants. What it needs is a guide. It needs limits to um, those loves. So So is his argument that the government 
Ah, job that. is to yes. provide sort of bumper bumpers on the bowling alley like to provide some sort of guide so that the soul can reach heaven yeah I, there's more here that uh, um we don't have to get into no, no it, i will it's... i'll just give an overview he will uh, mark um will give a condemnation of the intimacy between church and state that the church has been corrupted by its intimacy with the state mm-hmm. um so what he views as two what should be two separate forces that are keeping each other honest, the church and the state have instead been united and there's no more uh, check or balance between the two, I guess mm. is the way to say it. So um, yes, laws are there to help in the correct growth and formation of the soul, but that's both the church and the state that are accomplishing that. Gotcha. This ties in with your episode, Graham, a, a while ago on governments, mm-hmm. right? Is government only to allow us to do things safely or is it to actually restore a certain kind of human community? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dante clearly has like a higher view of what government can do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or Mark's just poor Mark's going to be disappointed if he yes. <laughs> keeps paying attention. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> and I think, and I want to say he predates Dante by a hundred years. They talk about that at some point. So it, it's just funny because Mark back it, in my day. It, yes. Yeah. Well, but it's, it, 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 it's kind of intended as this, like Dante's talking with someone from the good old days. Right. Mm. And, and still Mark is like, no, there's huge corruption in when I'm living. Um, these are the things that are wrong. Um, there is no good old day, I guess, is the is hmm. a way to put that. Or there was it's always thing to remember. need of reform, right? Um, I, just the, the, the other thing that strikes me with this metaphor of the soul as little child is it it's not introducing off the bat. A thing that I often hear is, is an idea of like, well, since we're all sinners or since we can't be perfect, there's like kind of no reason to try to be perfect is maybe one way to put that. But to mm. remove sin as your centering understanding of like what your soul is, mm-hmm. is to put you more on the hook. Like you actually have to train your soul to want the right things. Just to say, I want this, therefore I'm going after it, is a childish view. To lay on top of that, <laughs> I actually need to train um, what my desires are, I think is important. Again, we only ever talk about the same four topics over and over again. But that's just something that strikes me by pointing to our soul as a child, not just ourselves. You want to... I was just remembering a conversation I had with a friend once and I think she was kind of a lapsed Christian and she's like, I tried to do the Christian life, but God was never helping me. So Mm -hmm. I stopped. And that I was just thinking of a child, like reaching up toward the cookie jar being like, no one's stopping me (laughs) and no one's somebody stop me. And it's just, it seemed kind of juvenile at the time. Yes. That's what I'm not reading the sections. There are parts in here where Dante speaks really highly of, um, you know, the pre-Christians, the, like the pagans, is it, what is that? Is it mm-hmm. limbo? Is that the first part? Yeah. Are they the virtuous pagans? Like he speaks really highly of them because they figured out stuff that, um, what's the right way to say it should be impossible to figure out, but reason actually got them further than people realize they can get. Um, and so that's why I appreciate this from, um, the section from Mark on, you know, Canto 16 humans are responsible for their actions. Um, crap uh, i know <laughs> and it's not enough to just say oh we're sinful it's no like you will face god for the decisions you make one day um yeah anyway anything else before moving on from there so what's why do i bring that up that will start us in a centering metaphor of love as the organization of purgatory which will be developed more in canto 17 and we'll talk a little bit in canto 18 so what circle was mark in full uh wrathful what why was mark t- cheesed off Man, i don't remember he like killed someone oh okay he uh stabbed a guy it's no big deal um oh he uh yeah i think that's i think he did actually kill someone he um he has this part where he talks about like he's from like the 
again, the good old days when like men cared about honor, not like you are now when the bowstring <laughs> has gone slack or something. It's some like awesome jab <laughs> that he gives at Dante. It's really funny. Um, uh, I was a Lombard and they called me Mark. I knew the world and loved that courtly valor for which each man now lets his bow fall slack. <laughs> Pistols at dawn, man. That's Pistols right, yeah. at dawn. Uh, so anyway, it's a good line, but uh, that's Mark. Uh, okay, so that gets us through to Canto 17. So, okay, so each of the books is 33 cantos long. The very middle of each canto is Canto 17. That's how math works, 16 on each side. Um, canto 17 from the Inferno, is that an important one? I could check. I remember that they kind of give the basic structure of it in Canto 11, okay. I believe. But I'll check 17. We'll, we'll check it right I'm now curious as we go. I'm City of Discs or if that comes later. Um, I can find out real okay, fast. Here. Sorry. I probably should have prepped you on that one. Sorry. Um, so in Canto 17, we're still seeing the punishment of wrath, which again is like a, th- a thick smoke, which like hurts, um, you know, trapped in a fog. So thick upon the hills. Um, uh, he goes on to talk about it more, but it's not super interesting. Um, okay. So what is the organization of purgatory? Um, it's a mountain. It is a mountain. Um, I, I will actually start by reading this from the notes. Eh, no, we'll go here. Um, so Canto 16 kicked us off with the importance of love as what draws a person to um, uh, what they desire, uh, what they go after, even if it's bad. Um, uh, not the creator nor sing. This is Virgil talking to Dante in Canto 17. Not the creator nor a single creature, as you know, ever existed without love. The soul's love or the love that comes by nature. The natural love is just and cannot rove. The soul's love strays if it desires what's wrong or loves with too much strength or not enough. When toward its prime good it is led aright and keeps good measure in the second goods, it cannot be the cause of bad delight. So when things are focused on God, things are great. When they get focused on these secondary goods, things go bad. One of my bookmarks just fell out, which bodes poorly for the rest of our conversation. Um, uh, when I just read that part, uh, but when it twists to evil or does not race for a good for the, uh, with the appropriate care, the potter finds rebellion in the pot. Hence, you can understand how love must be the seedbed where all, all virtuous deeds must grow with every act that warrants punishment. Now then, since by its logic, love can't turn its glance from the well-being of the one who loves all things are shielded from self-hate. And since you can't conceive yourself cut free from your first cause, and standing on your own, you cannot truly hate the deity. There's a big statement, which maybe is worth disagreeing with. Love of your neighbor's loss remains alone if I've distinguished all the cases right. In three ways, in your clay, this love is born. This is a longer section. I apologize. We will talk about this after I finish. For one, man strives for excellence that he might put down his neighbor. It is all he craves to bring him low who gloried in his height. One fears the rising of another man, fears to lose favor, honor, power, and fame, and gloomily learns to love to see him fail. And the last, seething under suffered harm, gluts himself with vindictiveness and brings evil upon another by his arm. Hmm. So we've we've just covered our three levels that we've gone mm-hmm. through so far. We have the prideful, we have the envious, we have the wrathful. So he's he's you know, so what joins them all together is a hatred of an, of the other yes, or mm-hmm. a, a violence towards the other. And let me, I'll, I'll keep going with it. Um, uh, the, the, this threefold love they mourn for in those rings below this, wait, this threefold love they mourn for, they mourn for in those rings below. Now and understand the other too, the love, which, th- uh, 
though its order's been corrupted, pursues the good. Each soul can dimly see the one good that will lay the heart at rest. This it desires and struggles valiantly to join with it. If in this loving quest you are too slowly drawn to see to win, this cornice here after fit penitence punishes you. Other good things there are, not the good being, but not our blessed joy, the root of all good things and their fruition. The love that yields itself too much to these is mourned for in the three circles toward the top. But why there are three circles, you may please discover on your own. So here I am to stop. Okay, so um, so what has he just said? I'm going to read from Dr. Esselin, who is very helpful with his notes. Um, the What was, um, did you look up Canto 17? Yeah, well, if we count the first intro canto, oh. then it would be Canto 18. Uh-huh. And it's it's that makes no difference. Cantos 16, 17, and 18 are all describing the division between... Yes the sins of what, what I believe are the sins of the appetites and the will. So sins yes. of incontinence and violence bet- from the sins of the intellect, which is the lower hells after the great barrier waterfall. So it's not describing the actual structure. The structure of hell is kind of described uh, earlier in book 11, but it is a big division in hell between before getting to the sins of the intellect, which yes. makes up a huge portion of the book. Is there pandemonium in Dante? The no, city? that comes with Milton. What's, so what's the city? There's a pit. city of dis new city who dis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> to summarize what was a longer section in Dante there, Graham is very tickled pink by his own jokes. It's always a, one of my favorite parts of this <laughs> podcast. Um, uh, we are naturally drawn to certain things. Um, uh, wait for it. Thus in the first three rings of purgatory, the sinners purge a love that in itself is evil because it is directed at an evil object, while in the upper three rings they purge a love that in itself is good, but that in their own lives was immoderately or disorderly disorderly pursued. So, so is it still a love when it's loving the wrong thing? Yes, it is still love. Hmm. That's um, And this is an Aquinas thing of the thing that what, what draws us toward um, anything. The reason, uh, did you eat the donut this episode or last episode? You ate the donut because you loved the idea of the taste of the donut or the feeling. I would of like my full. wife to know that I did not eat any donuts. Does she watch on YouTube or does she watch? Oh, uh, crap. Yeah, I was going to say, you <laughs> might be in trouble one way or the other. So um, the, what, what, the reason that you went um, uh, toward the donut was that you either desired the taste of Allegedly, the donut. Allegedly. Hypothetically. 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 Let's, hypothetically. Say, let's say there's someone named Graham. Quotes around donut. Yeah, around sure. the yeah, donut. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. YouTube, you can see me doing air quotes because it's definitely not real. Um, so, uh, it was the love either of the taste of that donut or the desire of being full is what motivated your action to grab it, you know, pick it up and eat it. All motion, um, towards something else is determined by a love, a desire for union is how Aquinas would talk about. You that. wouldn't say that I'm bound by the dopamine and the sugar. <laughs> Some people would say that, right? Of, um, and, or it's, it's determined. Sure. And for all no. I do, all I do to make fun of that view, I do say that like the best thing for my health is when I throw out food in my house so that I don't have the option of eating that food. Um, I was going to take these donuts home and now I don't, I don't feel <laughs> like I'm going to. You, now your wife is doubly angry because you're not only yeah. eating donuts, but she no, doesn't get she any. She doesn't get any. Seriously. Yeah, I'll bring them home anyway. You want to talk about that? Yeah. I'll husband. freeze them. What? Why would you freeze a donut? So you have a donut later. Eat a donut now. What is your With problem? ice cream. One but day. Go Frozen donuts? Cream. Go buy ice cream now. What is your... I don't know. Good talk. Okay. So... What so the the point that Virgil is making in a longer form and that Dr. Esselin makes in a much shorter and more concise form. Um, the first three 
um, circles that we've already covered are examples of love for a bad thing. So the prideful person has love of self, which um, is bad. The envious person has desire, has love of destruction of others or to have what another has, which is an evil love. And then um, that's followed by wrath, um, desire for vengeance. So they does, it's a love for, again, an evil thing. Those loves must be removed, I guess is, is the way to say that. You, you must not love an evil thing. Um, the, removed, redirected, is there a difference? I think the redirection motif will, you'll see more in the top three. Mm, Again, okay. you've, you've referenced the um, lust being the top of the purgatory, mm-hmm. and redirection is probably the right term for that. Um, so with, when, it's, when it's these loves, it's just got to get rid of them. Throw out the food in the really house. not like a good form. What's a good form of envy? Yeah, yeah. Right? So um, the, maybe the, uh, a thing you're pulling on is to say that they are not made to be apathetic. They are not made to be without emotion. That is true. They're still made to be loving. I guess my, my question is, if purgatory can also be seen as like a manual for us in the here and now dealing with sin, right. what do you say to do, well, what do you tell the person who is envious to do? To, Besides wear, put a rock on their shoulders and look at the ground. That's pride. But I oh, would say sorry. for the envious, the, the not looking out on others. So in, our, in a modern context, if you are on... Like if a student comes to you and is like, Mr. Oh, like so-and-so just got an A on the test and I just wish they failed and I got an A, yeah. what would you say? Um, let me start by answering the one I was thinking no, about sorry. because, no, it's okay. But like to the person who spends all their time on social media following the rich and the famous, that they wish that they had that or that they follow the people who are less popular than they are so they can revel in how superior they are to them. Deleting social media is not a bad first step. Does that Like that would mm-hmm. be a form of closing one's eyes. In the same way that I've talked in your test example to say, what concern is it to you what another person makes on a test? Did you, were you faithful in studying as much as you could have? Did you do all the work that was necessary for this work? Um, just so often, yeah, to, to be focused on the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. It, it, That's not the answer I wanted. I wanted you to tell me I was good and they were terrible. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, but maybe both of you are good. Or maybe they have <laughs> gifts that you don't and like, and you have to be okay with that. Um, but you also have gifts that they don't have. But anyway, it, Graham, you got to accept your stupidity, man. Yeah. That's, that's what I meant to say. Sorry. <laughs> I meant that to be more pointed at you. Um, what would Mark say? Mark would say you earned it, kiddo. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, your choice. The universe was, nudged you a little bit, but. Yeah. Maybe you were <laughs> lazier by predisposition, but that doesn't mean that you're excused from studying. In that <laughs> right. Example, right? I, mean, a, uh, I don't mean that to be rude, but I think that is uh, kind of close to it. So, yes. So what are those lower loves that must simply be removed? Our pride, envy, and wrath. We will talk briefly about sloth, which is this middle, um, um, level, which acts as a bridge between the two. So if the bottom three are loves that need to be removed, the top three are loves that need to be redirected. The middle one is that love needs to be generated. Love needs to be present Mm. for Mm -hmm. the movement into, um, uh, avarice, gluttony, and lust are the ones that they, and so the slothful are people who just can't fire up the old love. Yep. Just weren't, um, super engaged, uh, uh, we've talked about acedia before, which is the term that's being used here. Is that Marceau's problem? Uh, is sloth? Yeah. He an does, ac- an he acedia. Takes action, right? Yes. He, he does shoot people. Uh, a sloth would probably be his problem. Is um, a, a lack of caring would probably be sloth, right? And not like this acedia, this spiritual malaise? Yes. And um, I'm trying to look up the de- definition, but sloth is not merely like a lack of action. It's a it's a despair of, um, of good. It's a, it's like a a despair with regard to the things of God. Um, it's like not, it's not worth the time to devote one's life to God, I guess Hmm. is one way to put that. 
So it's more than just like... What if it doesn't interest you? Yeah, that would be sloth also, right? Um, is what that sounds like. Um, I was trying to find... Do you guys want to hear something fun? Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about Gregory the Great earlier. Yes. And I remember from talking about the eight deadly thoughts and the seven yes. deadly sins, he was one of the... Yes. You may have already mentioned this, but he puts the seven deadly sins in order yes. from most serious to least and... They actually lead into each other. He thought that the seven deadly oh, sins right. were a progression. Sure. And so here's the list. Pride, envy, anger, sadness, avarice, gluttony, and lust, oh, which seems to order. reflect the exact organization of purgatory. Purgatory. Yeah, he is following. Yeah. And um, people are going through each level before they go to the next one. So your yep. pride must be, you know, pride has to be dealt with first before the rest of them will work. I like that. I think, I forget which way he said it worked, like the progression, Pride, me thinking great of myself, leads to envy when someone else ends up being greater, leads to anger when I can't have the thing that they have, leads to sadness after I sort of deal with my anger, leads to gathering a whole bunch of things to make me feel better, leads to gluttony, overconsumption. Like he thought right. that it was a one sin led to the other. And I, I'm not sure if it went the other way from starting from lust and eventually ended in pride, but I thought it went envy, anger. I wanted what somebody else had. I couldn't have it. And therefore I get angry with myself and the world and at them. That's how the order is here. That yeah. it, um, envy starts, which leads to wrath. Right. Um, no, I like that. I also, but I do wonder if in advising someone, would you actually start the other way? Like, do you start with the furthest one out or can you actually get back to pride in the first place i think he said you have to resolve them in at least gregory i think said Start you had to resolve pride. them in reverse order so you need to solve the lust, lust before first. you can move on need to solve the pride or the the anger before you can resolve the envy before you can resolve the pride you got to stop wanting what other people have before we can deal with how you feel about yourself i like that um i like that a lot um and that's even in Thomas uh, in Aquinas, which I keep quoting, it's usually Aquinas quoting Gregory, which yeah. is what Dante is pulling all of this from. So really, thanks, Gregory. Appreciate you. He was the great. He was pretty great. Um, uh, what is Dante just copied him. I mean, what a yes. hack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sloth is an oppressive sorrow, which to wit so weighs upon man's mind that he wants to do nothing. Uh, an oppressive sorrow that makes a man want to do nothing. Now, the sorrow is always evil, sometimes in itself, sometimes in its effect. Or as my students say, chill. <laughs> Maybe. No, I, I think chill it's... Chill without I think chill, I think definitely the the like ethos of chill yeah. is uh, close to the sloth sure. classical definition of... It's actually really... This, is a, this will be a topic for another time because I'm just trying to connect some dots. Like when you look at... Um, like certain, you would call them maybe moral behavior over time. So like mm. kids today drink less than they did mm -hmm. 30 years ago who drink less than their parents 30 years before that. Um, uh, people are having less sex before marriage now than they were 30 years ago than they were 30 years before that. Like there are all these, um, there are, I believe, fewer children out of wedlock. Uh, that, that one might not be true. But there are certain like those things have, so like bad things have gone down. But I don't know if we would say that like more good things have been done over that time. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's a reflection. If there's just cycles of different. Well, just in this model of purgatory, it's to say that like kind of those first three levels have been overcome, right? Maybe there is some kind of like there's less bad being done, but that's capped us off at the middle level, which is sloth. Hmm. Um, and hmm. we haven't found a way to move past that to the higher things, the Interesting. actual acts of doing good things for God, the kingdom, whatever, hmm. or, or for one's life um, to live a life that has a redeemed. Anyway, yeah. Um, I'll have to think about that more, but that just made me so think So the kids that. are all right? Uh, yeah, I mean, they are. We I wonder if that would be a um, 
a, a proverb that gets on the old proverbial podcast. The kids are all right. Yeah, probably I'd be, not. I'd be curious to hear that one. <laughs> um, okay, so just to say where we are again, we have passed Pride, Envy, and Wrath. All of you listeners have passed Pride, Envy, and Wrath by listening Congrats. to this podcast. You are freed from the sin. You have untied the knot. I'm canning you up to heaven. Yeah, I'm okay with that. That's one of the images used early. Um, I think in the circle of the wrathful is to say that it's untying the knot of wrath. I thought that was a cool image. Um, which then leads us to sloth, which we'll talk about very, very briefly. And then we will eventually get to avarice, gluttony, and lust. Um, and then sitting on top of that is the earthly paradise and a lot of cantos with Beatrice. And then we will go into, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to keep on going with paradise, but here we are with purgatory. Purgatory has been great. I want to. Everyone should read it. Um, okay. So um, sloth, we just defined, um, a, uh, AJ referenced this. So, uh, I guess it was Gregory then if Gregory wrote down the seven, Gregory was combining Evagrius's eight thoughts into seven and he took, um, uh, sloth, which is like, he took inaction plus despair and combined those into acedia. That's how you get seven. Is that what used to be two things because there were eight deadly thoughts become seven. It's sloth that combines them. Really? I thought it was combining vainglory and pride. Um, I thought it rolled those two together. In, in Don, this is from my earlier one on um, pride. Dante calls it vainglory. He doesn't call it pride. Oh, okay. Um, so at least for Aquinas, when Aquinas is doing the seven, he's for sure combining those two into right. um, the one idea of acedia. I forget. No, vainglory is just a much more fun word than pride. Than pride, yes. I want. They say, are different things, though. Yeah, and I hmm. think pride might be a child of vainglory. I'd have to go back and listen, but um, vainglory is like what I feel when I like beat students at kickball as a, <laughs> as a grown man. Look at me. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that's terrible. Vainglory is wanting and desiring glory from others. You want everyone else to think you're good. Pride oh. is thinking I'm good. And if they don't see it, they're all idiots. Oh, care, right? Yeah. Um, huh. Okay. So I didn't read this for envy. So I'll just say this now. The children of, I'm um, sorry, the, the children of anger um, are quarreling, swelling of the mind, clamor, indignation, and blasphemy. Those are the children of anger. So again, those are things to look for in yourself to say, do I see these? Those would point to hmm. the presence of a capital vice of anger or wrath. Blasphemy because you just want to like stick it to God. Yeah. It's a desire for vengeance from God would be blasphemy. Hmm. Blasphemy is reckoned. Um, oh, it's all, uh, Blasphemy also, how does this work? It's also a daughter of pride, according to Aquinas. Um, there you go. They pop. Oh, up they're different lists. That's what he's saying. Sorry. Um, Isidori puts it in a different list as a thing he's saying. Whatever. I'm not going to go into that. Um, the children of sloth are um, malice, spite, faint hard, faint-heartedness, despair, sluggishness in regard to the commandments, wandering of the, of the mind after unlawful things. That's a good list. <laughs> that Dang, that's sl- a good list. Malice, spite, faint-heartedness, despair, sluggishness in regards to the commandments, wandering of the mind after unlawful things. Oh, my Man, word. That's like, a good list. Like, so like, put together a list of your average American teenager these days, <laughs> I think I just and I'm it. serious. You just lit that house on fire. Yeah, I'm not really thinking really about it. I about that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just shot a man. I don't care about it. Would that be? Okay, good. That's connected to our last week episode. You should go listen to that. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you could say he was suffering from despair. I dig it. Last week. Hmm. Acedia, um, sloth. Acedia. I think it's maybe Achadia, too, if you're Italian. I don't really know how this works. Um, okay. Um, I only have a couple minutes. What, what, if you were to like want to fix sloth, what would you do? Make him run. I think, I think I remember the the advice given by Vagris was like, keep working at it, bucko. Like you, you work hard. 
Yeah. And and that determined effort will eventually show you that change is possible, and then that will hopefully lift you lift you from despair. Drop and give me twenty. Discipline is freedom. Yep. Um, I mean, you're not wrong. Actually, your first answer was 100% correct. They run, they do laps. That's all they do. And Seriously? Yeah, that's actually, that's actually. <laughs> no the, way. They do laps, yeah, for sure. And they all like, um, uh, oh I don't know word. what it means to be a really funny chapter, but it's like this hilarious chapter. So we're only introduced to this one Abbot. I think he's Abbot of Zeno is what the guy's name or title is, I guess. Um, so like, I'm just imagining they're all a bunch of like priests in like giant robes, like running around doing laps the entire time. And they're all like, encouraging each other so they're all like you know you got if is you there have, someone overseeing them is there like someone making sure they're doing their job like a little angel in a golf cart with a whistle or anything <laughs> i wish that'd make this a better chapter um they don't go into that but oh. they do have this part so um uh so you know dante's just kind of like walking along and he's trying to have some like deep thought and then all of a sudden he just hears this like rumbling behind him and he turns around and he just sees like this a wall of jogging <laughs> priests. Wall of jo- Again, I want to think of it as a wall of jogging priests, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, so they, you know, he's having this like, you know, those men whose reasoning, that's pretty metal. That's pretty metal. That's pretty straight up. You know, he's having this like, you know, those men who, who's, uh, whose reasoning plumbed the depths of wisdom remarked upon this inborn liberty bequeathing moral science to the world. Uh, so let's concede that and he goes into this, like, you know, Beatrice is great. And then, um, uh, he just suddenly hears this straight away uh, past us on the ring. They swept for that great throng of spirits ever raced. And the front runners shouted as they wept. Mary ran to the hill country in haste <laughs> to conquer Lorita. Caesar slashed Marseille, then ran to bend the, the enemy's neck in Spain. He goes on. It's just, they're all shouting out these, you know, examples of yeah. industry. Yeah. Uh, industry. Yeah. I would love to talk more about industry. That's probably the right phrase for it. Come on, come on. Don't let time slip away for lukewarm love. <laughs> Zeal and well-doing makes grace green. Uh, oh, this is actually a good one. Zeal and well-doing makes grace green again. Isn't that a good phrase? Awesome. That's good. So, What's it read again? Zeal and well-doing makes great. I can't say Makes it. grace green grace again. green again. So oh, they're man. all just like, like hauling blubber tubs around this big, <laughs> yeah. around this big circle being like, let's get to it boys. <laughs> that's got That's got to be like a motto like gym that. class. Yeah. It's like uh, zeal and zeal and well-doing zeal and well-doing grace makes grace green again. Yeah. That'll yeah. be easy for everybody to chant <laughs> as they run. We'll like do, the line. Um, do it in Italian. Yeah. Uh, I was actually <laughs> trying to look it up. Que studio be ben, di ben far grazie rinverda. People who know Italian are probably oh, that's like, not, that's bad, not the right. No, it's probably not the right line at all. We got to memorize that. We got to yell at, it, at our kids when they're jogging and running. Rato, and stuff. rato, che la tempo non si perda per poco amor. Oh. Que studio di ben far grazie rinverda. Is yours like a Italian slash side side. English? That's, oh, that's cool. So Italian's on the left side and then the English no is on the right. Um, it's been really, so I, that's the thing I've really liked. But I, I just love this image of like, so, you know, we started from like their eyes are sewn shut, which is like crazy to literally a bunch of old dudes just running around encouraging each other. I have a couple of students that I think live their life persistently just stoked out of their yeah. minds about things. Yeah. And I can imagine a couple of them just being in this group, yeah. just running along. Let's go. So uh, the truth is, if you are feeling slothful or that you have no moral improvement or why bother, you literally have to go jogging. Yes. Like yeah, this like is... That. Is this why you go jog? Is this why you've taken oh, up jogging? I just actually picked up jogging. Shoot, uh, I gotta go jogging. Let's all do this then. Maybe this is the answer to all of our problems. Hey, when we when you live on the farm, we can go for early morning jogs. No, no, I'm well. Yes, but I'm also worried. Won't there be like work to do around the farm? Also, yeah, I'm not on a school day. Oh, okay. Ooh, I like good, good style. Uh, but just to say, uh, you know, I appreciate us. You know, we started in this pretty gr- grotesque image of um, you know people wailing in sackcloth with their eyes sewn shut mm-hmm. to. There's like a joy to this place that, again, is the point of purgatory. It's the restoration of how mankind was supposed to be. And we're starting to see pieces of that right now. It's, again, a bunch of people running around enjoying 
the experience as much as they can, encouraging one another to um, uh, reinvigorate the zeal, right? Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's where we end with Canto 18. We'll go into 19 at some point in the future. It's where you get into Avarice, and then we get into kind of this upper three rings, which we just talked about. But yeah, what's the point? Um, purgatory is, is uh, arranged around love. There are certain evil loves that need to be eradicated, and then there just needs to be feeling in general that must exist before it can be directed correctly. And that's what we get into in the next three cantos. Um, And I would say, yeah, each of these levels has still shown a practical example of how to avoid these sins in the current day. AJ has said before this, and these aren't just points to make to Christian listeners. I just, I think anyone would like to say, I think everyone would like to live without envy. I think everyone would like to live without wrath, without wrath. I think everyone would like to live a passionate life. Um, and there are, are, there's advice to that. There are tools that can actually get us there. And it's not just talk about these things, but it's actually, um, a physical change, be it running, be it, um, choosing what your eyes are focused on, um, on any number of things. Mm. So that's where I end it. That's what I got for today. Donut anybody? <laughs> not after that. Right? <laughs> I'm going to link you guys up with my Nike run club app that we can. Oh, I remember we, we used to do that. Used you to just that. rocked my face. Oh, it's okay. You'd rock mine these days. No, no. I don't do Nike Run. Should I? What do you do? Um, Is this embarrassing? Can I share this? It's called Zombies Run. Oh, I I did did Zombies Run for a while. It's good. I I backed them on Kickstarter like seven years ago, and so I just love it. But yeah, that's what So if you want to join the Classical Stuff Run Club, email (laughs) us at theguys at classicalstuff.net. If you want to kick the the vice of Acedia... Uh, and you want to start working out with us, um, link up with our Fitbits at... No, we don't have these things. Although, this is probably like the new Patreon Strava? thing. Is, it, is Strava for running or is that for biking? Do y'all know? I don't know. I don't know either. I, I bought a Peloton and that's what I do. Oh, good for you. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. I don't have $3,000. Whatever, man. I just put an for iPad... For a bike that don't go nowhere. I just put an iPad on my bike and call it a day. <laughs> it's the same thing, basically. <laughs> that's awesome. um, you can email us at theguys at classicalstuff.net. Um, you can find us at classical stuff on twitter where i will uh, retweet things and like stuff you say um what else can you can find our old episodes at classicalstuff.net and please like and subscribe on um itunes leave a little review those are always fun and for uh, i don't know patreon oh yes and we also have a patreon um there are different tiers of subscriptions and that helps us keep doing this and maybe even grow uh, to do other things, we have monthly uh, question and answers where we answer all your questions that you email in, as well as you get to hear uh, our witty banter in between episodes. We're actually sometimes we just continue talking about the thing we were talking about right. um, uh, with less of an eye for creating wonderful content and more for like really drilling down on on subjects sometimes, which is fun. Yeah. Cool. Agreed. And uh, so thanks for listening. Bye. Ciao. Bye. Bye.